You might not believe it, but that's actually the second time in the past hour that I've heard the phrase ethnomusicology. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 148, the Sons of Asaph episode. This week's episode of the podcast is a little bit of a departure, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, Usually, of course, we have original music, but this week we're going to have a collection of old folk songs, very old folk songs recorded as far back as 1939. And uh, the guy bringing this to us is Derek Peter. He's a folklorist uh, now from Elk Park, North Carolina. And he's gone around and collected a whole bunch of uh, folk recordings, uh, kind of like home recordings, from a bunch of people in the area and uh, across the land. It's on a label called Death Is Not The End, and the collection is called Last Wisps of the Old Ways, North Carolina Mountain Singing. As usual, there will be links to that in the show notes. You can also find the label at deathisnot.bandcamp.com. Derek also spoke with a lot of the people involved in the recording, so you're going to hear him talk about that. I do want to mention that these are field recordings, so uh, the sound quality sometimes isn't super great and you know these are pretty much people singing a cappella, sometimes with a little bit of accompaniment but uh, these are just raw field recordings honest people singing honest songs and I think you're really going to enjoy it let's get started Bo Lincoln's was a very foundation as ever laid stone he built a fine castle and pay he got none where is the gentleman is he at home? He's gone to Marion visit his son. Where is the lady? Is she at home? She's upstairs sleeping, said the foster to him. How will we get her down such a dark night as this? We'll stick to little baby, full of needles and pins. They stuck to little baby, full of needles and pins. The foster shoe, oh Lincoln's he sang. While blood and tear, Cradle did run. The she, the uh, daughter Betsy climbed up in the tarot so high and saw her, her father come riding hard by. Oh, father, oh, father, can you blame me? Oh, Boykins has killed your baby. Oh, Father, oh, Father, can you blame me? Oh, Boykins has killed your lady. They hung old Boykins to the sea gallows tree and tied the foster to the stake of standby. Yeah, um, so that was sort of the song that started me on my fieldwork journey about three years ago. I had heard Lena Turbifil sing that song on a compilation 
And uh, she's a singer from Elk Park, North Carolina, and was born in 1905. And she'd been on this Library of Congress compilation singing The Lakens. And I didn't really know too much about the song at the time. But the thing that caught my attention was there's a line in the ballad, uh, we'll stick her little baby full of needles and pins. And I couldn't get how sweetly she was singing and how kind of gory the content of the song was out of my head. So I'd attempted to um, find more recordings of her. And I only found one more song of hers on a really hard to get compilation. Um, It seemed that there were dozens of recordings of her that had been made in the thirties, but they were all at the library of Congress. And so when I attempted to go get these recordings out of the library of Congress, COVID hit, it was like early 2020. And so I was stymied, like everything shut down and I was completely like unable to hear any of this music. Um, so what I ended up doing was contacting her family, uh, just through the the miracle of the internet and ancestry.com. I was able to figure out, uh, kind of her her last living kin and first I talked to her grandkids and then I was introduced to her last living daughter uh who was still alive in 2020 and 2021 her name was Nikki and uh because I'd heard Bo Lakin so much because that was the only thing that was really available to me uh, I almost fell over when I was on the phone with Nikki one day and she said well mom sang a lot and I remember that she used to sing a lot of songs but I can't remember any of them except for Bo Lakin's <laughs> and uh it was probably because of that line with sticking the baby full of needles and pins right like a voodoo doll so um she it does said, jump you know, out at you when you when you first hear it it really does and she'd say mom is that a true story and lena would say no nikki it's not and so uh what transpired is that i needed to meet this family and and document them so um version of Bo Lakin's I chose is uh, the one Nikki sang for me on her couch in Elk Park. She lived like a thousand feet away from where her mom's house used to be. I mean, she was still on the same road in Elk Park where Lena had been recorded like almost a hundred years ago. So it was really cool to like go to the town, meet this woman. And the funniest thing is that she uh, held my field recorder like a walkie talkie and sang into it. Uh-huh. I've never, ever had anyone do that before. Normally you put it on a table and they don't even want to look at it. It right. goes away. You know, they don't want to think about it, but she just picked it up like it was a walkie talkie and sang right into it. So, um, yeah, I'm really, that's probably my proudest field recording I've ever taken. Uh, unusually close proximity there due to her just picking the, uh, the thing up. And uh, and how cool was it that I uh, had heard this song, Bo Lakin's, over and over and over. And then like the person's daughter also was able to give it to me. Uh, so you can go look Lena's version up on YouTube, uh, but Nikki's version is uh, is really special to me. Had you ever had any experience with this kind of thing before, um, kind of folk recordings, field recording? Well, I've been making music for like 15 years, and uh, I had done a lot of uh, ethnomusicological research, which is a fancy way of saying I, I was interested in music from like North Africa and Egypt and uh, Indonesia and Thailand, and I'd done a lot of gamelan studies i'd never recorded any gamelan players i've never been to these places but i always loved folk music from that kind of part of the world and and then also always loved american folk music but it was kind of like in the queue i guess you know it was like on the list the laundry list of like things i wanted to focus on one day 
um, which is now <laughs> I'm like focusing on American folk music in a really big way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to record my grandma a lot and she wasn't a singer, but she would like be on the phone or be telling jokes uh, or like be in conversation with me. And so I stuck some of those field recordings on an album in 2019 and I'd kind of made these like chamber arrangements of like, you know, strings and sax and stuff. And I'd put her voice recordings in there. Um, and so I guess that was like right before all the field work in North Carolina started. So it was like a pretty, pretty clear bridge from like recording my own family to like recording other people's families. So in a, in a way I'd been training for this for like 10 years You might not believe it, but that's actually the second time in the past hour that I've heard the phrase ethnomusicology. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. (laughs) I was, uh, I was, uh, watching a video where a guy was talking about various types of scales and, um, you know, how the different, the different, uh, types of, uh, ethnicities of music, you know, sometimes the scales complement each other and sometimes they clash and, uh, it's interesting. If you hear Roscoe Holcomb sing Man of Constant Sorrow and then you like go listen to some like Aka Pygmy people. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of folk music actually does sound the same the world over for some reason. Yeah. Are you familiar like, with the um the I don't know if it's a label or something, it's a collection, but it's called Putamayo Presents. And they do see, you know, collections of music from all over the world. No, I mean, I know um, Sublime Frequencies and Awesome Tapes from Africa and um, Dust to Digital, but I don't know this. Oh, yeah. What did you call it? I don't know if it's just called Putumayo, but the the CD collections are called Putumayo Presents. And I've I'm got gonna a go look few this of up. them, but um, it, it's a little bit general, but also uh, like it might, they might have a CD of Cuban music. But then they'll have a group of CDs that go into, you know, five different kinds of Cuban music, you know. So it's a little bit like time life type stuff, but also they dig a little deeper. Uh, nice. Into the- I mean, the label I'm on for this uh, curation stuff that I've done, uh, including the recording of Nikki and some of the other stuff we'll talk about is called Death is Not the End. And uh, they do similar things where it's like they'll do gospel or blues, but then they'll also do like Persian music. Uh, or they'll they'll do like music from around the world, but then a lot of like early American music too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so death is not the end, and then uh, that version of Bo Lakins that Nikki sang came off uh, the first compilation I did with them, uh, Last Wisps of the Old Ways. Right 
second compilation called ever since we've known it and uh that is marshall ward who was a uh, english teacher in jack tales teller he was an english teacher in banners elk and um when i was getting in touch with lena's family i mentioned that before i met her daughter i was talking to the grandkids and uh lena's grandson's name is carlos and his wife is diane and diane's daddy was marshall ward so when I was doing all of this research and meeting all these people, uh, Diane uh, was really excited because um, he was descended from Council Harmon and uh, Sammy Hicks and, and in, in, in line with all the Jack Tales tellers Marshall Ward was, but uh, never really got his due. People remember like Ray Hicks really well. And so she had all these tapes of her dad uh, because she requested in the 70s that he preserve some of his jack tales for her this was like a gift to diane expressly these tapes and um being of the depression era uh if he would run out of stories to tell for a particular tape he'd uh, pull his harmonica out and start to sing because he didn't want to waste an inch of tape uh, he was very mindful of trying to use every bit of material and so i have all the jack tales but uh, because I'm mostly interested in working with the music, uh, the fact that he had done this really fascinated me. So uh, there are a couple of uh, other songs on the first compilation. Um, he did like Red River Valley and Cindy, but uh, I put Blue Ridge Mountain Blues on um, Ever Since We've Known It, uh, which is the next, the second compilation I did with Death Is Not The End. Uh, and I just think it's it's a really, uh, it's a really funny version i think he's hamming it up a little bit you know mm -hmm. i got the blue ridge mountain blues you know he's really <laughs> throwing his voice there and that was the way he told his stories too he'd make voices and faces and gestures and stuff so uh i really like that uh version and uh and there's a little bit of red river valley stuck at the end of that there but it's uh it's a different version than the one that was on the first compilation it was like he did slightly different verse or something but uh, yeah, I love his home recordings and it's, it's always a treat to um, stumble across 
recording someone is made of themselves. Uh, I think so often someone else is recording the folk singer. And so it's a field recording, but uh, home recordings are, are really neat. And I think not as common. Do you get, um, after you, since you've been doing this project, have you had people uh, submit uh, songs or send, send you old tapes or that sort of thing? Yeah, not so much a direct submission, but like I did get in touch with this guy who runs the p- podcast called Low Profile with Markley Morrison. So Markley got in touch and uh, had found these tapes at a thrift store of a wood- woman called Edna Gibson mm-hmm. from uh, Washington or Oregon or something. And she had been, she'd, she taped herself and nobody knew who she was. She was like this unknown singer. Um, so I did get a couple of other like home taped things that way. Um, but then like all sorts of other stuff pours in, you know, people reach out and they're like, yeah, I know how to play hammer dulcimer. Come on over. Or, uh, you know, uh, other thrift store finds this woman, Amy Michaels, who a lot of listeners might know she's active in the Western North Carolina region, banjo player and singer, uh, Amy Michaels. I think she's Alfred Michaels widow. And someone had found her in a thrift store tapes of her. And I guess somehow she came in and the woman knew who she was. And they were like, Amy, I saw your name on this box. And it was a whole bunch of random tapes. Some of them were her and uh, Gordon Hicks. And then some of them were like Beauty Hicks. And, and it was just a wild, it's just a crazy collection of Western North Carolina music that uh, I found out through, through that. So yeah, uh, people, the the short version is people send me all kinds of, of stuff. And if someone is listening out there, to this and wants me to hear their memoir or somebody singing or their aunt singing, or they t- made a tape of something or they found something. They don't know what it is. Please uh, email me uh, D at uh, D E R E K P I O T R.com. That's D at D E R E K P I O T R.com. Cause uh, I love trying to figure out what some of this stuff is, listen to it, make sense of it, uh, enjoy it. Uh, so it's, it's always a thrill. I mean, I'm always, I'm always drooling over the collections I haven't heard yet, you know, yeah. pondering like what people have under their couch, you know, in a shoebox. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, what's the name of this? Cindy. Get along home, Cindy, Cindy, get along home, Cindy, Cindy, get along home, Cindy, 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 fare you well. Cindy, she is handsome, Cindy, she is fine, but Cindy's like a jaybird with a longer stole behind. Get along home, Cindy, Cindy, get along home, Cindy, Cindy, get along home, Cindy, 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 fare you well. Cindy in the summer, Cindy in the fall, Cindy broke a blameful neck of dancing at the ball. Get along home, Cindy, Cindy, get along home, Cindy, Cindy. Get along home, Cindy, 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 fare you well. Do you know it anymore? Come here, Mr. Dunger. You come over here. Come right over here. Come over here. Come 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 so uh, that's a song everybody knows. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm going to leave you now. I'm going to marry you soon. I'll marry you someday. You know, whatever. There's yeah. so many ways you can sing Cindy. I'm guessing um, most people heard that on Andy Griffith for the first time. Probably, but yeah. it's older than that, but oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, what I really like about this version, it's not very long and it's it's not necessarily very complete or impressive in that way. 
Um, but when I was waiting for these 1939 recordings of Lena and her family, I was picturing in my brain all of the like, you know, all of this stuff going on, moving oh, stuff on around. Oh, hold on a second. I, I lost you for and, a second. Oh. Um, okay. Um, take it for you said uh, I was picturing in my brain. Okay. Yeah, you know, all of, all of the like, you know, like moving around the room, getting that kind of like, you know. Oh, you're moving. Okay. Like, I, see, I can't see because of the video. Because I don't have the video. Right. Well, you're moving just around. to give the listeners a, a sense. I'm right. like, you know, I was thinking of like them moving objects right. and getting in and out of the mic. And I was like, you know, because the songs were going to be the songs. But I was having this craving of this like dimensional experience because they were unedited spools of field recordings from the 30s. So I was like, they're going to have, you know, creaks in the chair and this yeah. and that and whatever. And uh, and that that was pretty accurate. I think my my prediction of what I eventually ended up hearing was was pretty accurate because I had to wait a long time to get these recordings because the Library of Congress froze during COVID. Um, and so I think Cindy, even though it's not a very long selection and it's not a complete musical performance, uh, the funny thing is that Lena singing Cindy and then Ben Duggar knows a few more verses and they have to kind of like drag him from the far corner of the room so you can hear her in proximity and him at a distance coming and then when he finally finally gets up to the mic he barely has anything left to sing because he sang it already he was just in the corner of the room so i really find that a a, um more than the song because everyone knows that song oh yeah Yeah. it really tells a, a a spatial story of what these people we're doing for the process of recording this stuff, which I find, you know, I think when you listen to a lot of field recordings, they've been cleaned up or they've been like, you know, the ends have been snipped and it's been whatever. So you kind of get divorced from the idea that these were like real people sitting somewhere doing something, you know? Right. Right. You get, it's um, maybe less of a performance feel than a uh, like community feel or family feel, that sort of thing. Yeah, and that was really important for me to uh, have listeners experience because uh, I found that really invigorating to hear that in the in the recording. So uh, Cindy is a really good example of that. Yeah. My um my relatives uh, like grandmother, great aunts and stuff they would um they would have you know have these large porches that they would sit out on and they would uh, do things like snap snap beans and um, shell butter beans and that sort of thing. They would have these great big bins of them and they would sit out there and they would talk. But in, in the middle of talking, like one of them might start singing and then a couple mm-hmm. more join in. And they had all these harmonies they had practiced. Uh, a lot of them were, um, you know, relig- some of them were folk songs, some of them were religious songs. But it had that, that same kind of thing to it where, you know, sometimes you're talking, sometimes you're singing. You're not like performing for an audience. You're not trying, you're just connecting with another person as uh, as part of the culture, not as a you know, audience member or something like that. Right. And that's the thing about this music. You know, people think of folk music and they think of Pete Seeger for God's sakes, but this is really the music of the folk of the people of the, of the, you know, the stuff of your life. It's not, it's, it's private, but in, in that sense, it's also kind of public because it's to be shared among your, your whole family. And uh, I think that's really, it's a really integral part of life in a way that a lot of people don't get to experience anymore. Uh, I'm curious what songs they used to sing all the time that you can remember. Oh, um, let's see. There were a few. Um, they did. They did Cindy. They would do. Um, 
uh, a lot of a lot of songs that involve somebody named Johnny, not just Frankie and Johnny, but there'd be mm-hmm. a, a lot of songs named Johnny. They do a lot of um, uh, religious songs like um, "I'll Fly Away" and um, "Victory in Jesus." Um, mm-hmm. Those were a couple, you know. Of course, "Amazing Grace" they throw in there. They'd have Pull a away few, stranger. Yeah, yeah, and they'd have a few that were kind of. Um, uh, probably a little more contemporary for them, which would be like maybe a little bit of Patsy Cline songs oh, and that sure. sort of thing. Because uh, this would be like the seventies, early seventies, mid seventies. So even then, those were those songs were you know kind of oldies. But um, a lot of them had been a lot of them have been professional or semi-professional uh, musicians as well. So um, they kind of had a, a repertoire, and they would talk about you know here's that song we used to do. And then just start mm-hmm. singing it together, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, um, what is the, um, just in general, what's the most contemporary, uh, some of the more contemporary songs you have? Like, what's the more recent? Uh, that I've recordings? come across to record? Yeah, recordings that you might have um, in your collections. I went to um, West Cornwall, Connecticut a few weeks ago, which is mini Appalachia. It's a uh, northern connecticut and uh it's very isolated still and very you know frozen in time in a good way and uh, i met this fiddle player and uh, she played me things like you know walk old shoe he'll come a dragon and uh, things like that but then she had just learned this contemporary song called zorro the crow and uh she played that for me and that was very clearly a contemporary song and um i was uh with a barn dance caller uh like last week and he did a bit of uh, the blackboard of my heart, which I think is like a Hank Williams song from the fifties or something. Um, generally, if uh, someone knows a contemporary song, I won't take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, if someone wants to sing me anything after the seventies, I'm not interested like Glenn Campbell or something. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested in, uh, in oral tradition uh, primarily. So if, if someone learned the song from their parents, I'll take it. Uh, sometimes, I mean, because, because of the earliest born people now are from like maybe the end of the 19 teens, mostly the twenties and thirties, you get a lot of early radio songs, you know, or, or I was asking my mom, you know, what songs she remembers. And it's like Frank Sinatra and Engelbert Humperdinck and all these people that were big in like the fifties and sixties. So, um, the, the timeline has slid forward quite a bit. Uh, but generally if someone wants to sing me like, you know, (laughs) <laughs> Wichita lineman or something, I wouldn't right. take it. Right. right. More from Derek's collection again in just a few moments. Uh, just want to remind you that's called Last Wisps of the Old Ways, North Carolina Mountain Singing. And also there is a collection called Ever Since We've Known It, More North Carolina Mountain Singing. They're both available at deathisnot.bandcamp.com. Hey guys, this is Kendra. And this is Zach. From the Brown Brown Mountain Mountain Lightning Lightning Bugs. And this is Waves from our new album, Folk-ish, which you can find online. You can stream it, you can download it, or you can buy physical copies from our website. Which is brownmountainlightningbugs.com. We also have some really cool t-shirts and some stickers, so head on over there. You can also find us on all of the social medias, and we'd love for you to come join us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search WNC Original Music or go to WNCOriginalMusic.com or just Google WNC Original Music or just kind of like 
manifest WNC original music in your life and the podcast will come to you. Corrections and clarifications from last week's episode with Rooster. John Randolph played Frank Costanza in the first season of Seinfeld and Jerry Stiller played Frank Costanza after that. So we were both right. Hi, this is Blake Hornsby and you're listening to WNC original music. Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast for this kind of thing? Um, Boone Area Community Radio is offering me a slot weekly, uh-huh. so that might be what that becomes. Uh, but mostly I'm interested in records. I'm mostly interested in curating compilations of this stuff and um, kind of preserving it that way. I think a podcast is uh, my hats off to people that run podcasts. I find them very demanding. It's, we're very special. I've done radio residencies in the past and I always throw in the towel. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think that I think the, the future of this stuff for me is in records. The one that I heard was the one that they sung in the movies. Mostly, they sang a song um, like uh, Tom Dooley, you know, they made. Yeah, oh, sure. Uh, and they made one like that with. Uh, Frankie and Johnny, just a little old western. So, in other words, you got it from the movies, or you knew it before that? Oh, yeah, I'd heard it before that. And how does it go? Do you remember? Yeah, let's see. Um, it said, Frankie and Johnny were sweethearts. Boy, how they did love. Oh, swore to be true to each other. Two as the stars above. He was her man. She was doing him wrong. Uh, Frankie went down to the, must be. Johnny went down to the beer house, bought him a glass of wine or something. She said she walked to the bartender as my Johnny been here. He's my man. That he's doing me wrong. Anyway, she's hunting for him. And uh, he walked up to the bar room. And the bar room said, I think he's he's gone. Anyway, he's gone to where that woman he's seeing is. I I can remember that as as a story in the song. He said, but he's my man. And he's doing me wrong. And something that he, uh, she carries a pistol and he begs her not to kill him, but she shoots him. But he was her lover and, and that she was doing her wrong. And uh, so she killed him. But now, the real killing was much more gory and bloody and uh, bad. I mean, it was graphic. Uh, the true story of it, you know, the true story of it and her being taken down to the courthouse and how could you remember all of these people talking about them hanging Frankie Silvers down there at the courthouse where we it's every day when we go through Morgan. That's where they hung her. You'd go right by it. Yeah, every day. Sad it. They pick 
always hung around the courthouse square. Huh. And sat around and gossip, you know, because it's trees and, and uh, you know, the seats and the water fountain and all. Right. We're ever together and go to more than all. Speaking of Johnny, um, so this is a nice one. And actually, this loops right into what I was just saying, because uh, everyone knows Frankie and Johnny. Um, but Nikki, I'd had one visit with Lena's daughter, Nikki, in person. And then we had a lot of phone calls. And sometimes we'd get on her health or her her like son that was driving her crazy. And that was, you know, I would tolerate those discussions. But then we'd get into these really nice conversations about the old days and what she could remember because her memory was not uh her memory was not consistent but it was good so when she could access these memories they were rich and they were accurate uh, and she remembered details that you know i could go verify sometimes you couldn't but anything that i could verify that she said it was true um so sometimes she would talk about the farm in morganton where she used to work and whatever and those were the times I'd get my recorder turned on. And uh, this is a version of Frankie and Johnny. She just sang down the phone to me. And uh, it's important because right off the bat, she says, well, now this is the song everyone sang in the movies. And I said, but did you hear it in the movies or you knew it before it came into the films? And she said, no, I'd heard it before that from my family. So, you know, and, and it was like that you know, hair's width of a difference. If she'd said that I learned it from the movies, I wouldn't have taken it but right. because her family used to sing it. It meant something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And uh, I, and it's, and she had such a lovely voice. I mean, this is a really, Bo Lakin's is kind of a sharp melody, I guess, to go with the sharpness of the, it's not a real pleasant song, but Frankie and Johnny, you know, you know, he was her man, but he was doing her wrong. You know, I mean, she can really get into a nice melody on this one. And, mm-hmm. and she has a lovely voice. So I'm real proud that she she was able to do that. And that was about, that was about a month and a half before she passed away, that recording. Some of the recordings you've gotten from the Library of Con- Congress, have they been um, like WPA recordings? They were all WPA. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we need another another WPA. I think it would solve a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Glenn for sure. Um, I went to see Charlie and Shirley uh, same week that I met Nikki. And uh, that is one of the best Dulcimore recordings I've ever heard. And uh, yeah, he just, he just, you know, there's another standard everybody knows, but he just did such a nice version of it. And um, there was something in the air that day that that recording is so sweet. 
obviously he builds his own dulcimers, fiddles, banjos, and uh, guitars. So um, it's it's going to sound good anyway. It's going to sound exceptionally good because Charlie built it. But that's like an, a head and shoulders uh, above kind of recording. I was really, really pleased because uh, you don't always know like what's going to happen when you mm-hmm. press on. Sometimes there's like wind or someone's coughing and you didn't notice because you were talking to the person. That's like a perfect recording. I'm really proud of that one. I'm really glad that I was able to capture that with, and and I didn't do anything to it afterwards either. It's like straight out of the recorder. So. Oh yeah, that was nice. Do you said he he uh, builds his own or he built his own um, uh, dulcimer? Charlie Glenn has been in business for a long time making instruments. He's a there's um, uh, what's his name? Just did a, do- a mini documentary on him for South Arts. He's a luthier. He's uh, uh-huh. pretty well known. And uh, yeah, that was one of the dulcimers he, he built himself. And I did buy a fretless banjo off him while I was there. Uh, so Charlie, Charlie is a master of, uh, of of instrument making, and it really shows in in how beautiful uh, the tones are. Uh, tell me a little bit about your music. Um, well, for a long time, I was uh, involved in, uh, I guess, what you would call experimental music or art music. I do like drone pieces and glitchy noisy pieces but there was always voice in them so I was always singing uh along alongside the 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 roar um and uh in a way working with these WPA recordings is not that far away from some of the first records I put out because it's like grain and hiss and noise and voice Uh um in a really nice interplay so um I've always sang uh, since I was a very young child. And uh, as I've, as I've gotten deeper into my field work and my folklore studies, I've obviously learned a lot of ballads uh, that I really enjoy. I, I, I seem to have a tendency for like local murder ballads, something like Lee Mills or Lily Shaw, mm-hmm. uh, something that you can't find outside of the state that it was written for. <laughs> find those really interesting. Like, why didn't that turn into an Omi Wise? You know, like, why isn't that a song everyone knows? Why did it, why is it all caged in in this one place? Um, so that kind of interests me. And those are the songs I tend to like to sing. Um, so I'm, I've, I have a new record uh, that's almost ready for this summer called The Devil Knows How. And uh, it's got things like Hangman and uh, Old Lady and the Devil. And uh, uh, what else did I put on there? George Collins and... Uh, uh, things like that and it's got lee mills on it and lily shaw these really local ballads so um so this has really gotten gotten into my head a lot and i've really enjoyed singing these songs uh so uh that record should be out in a couple of months and i was uh, very lucky to have not only the mountain goats mixing engineer but uh willie nelson's mixing engineer on board for that oh nice so uh um yeah, I got Charles Yingling and I got Scott Salter. So uh, I, I'm really excited to to put that out into the world. And uh, I did some of it with some of my uh, North Carolina musician friends as well. My old cow has got the flu. My old cow has got the flu. My old cow has got the flu. Skip the flu, my darling. Skip, skip, skip some loose, skip, skip, skip some loose, skip, skip, skip some loose, skip some loose, my darling. I've got a fellow and you have to, I've got a fellow and you have to, I've got a fellow and you have to, skip some loose, my darling.
Can't get a white when a black and well dude. Can't get a white when a black and well dude. Can't get a white when a black and well dude. Skip the maloo, my darling. Little red wagon painted blue. Little red wagon painted blue. Little red wagon painted blue. Skip the maloo, my darling. Skip, skip, skip the maloo. Skip, skip. Skip the maloos, skip, skip, skip the maloos, skip the maloos, my darling. Lena's just such a fantastic singer, and uh, I feel like this shows it off really well. And and again, I picked a song that everybody knows, but it's like you when you quiz yourself on your own folk music, that's maybe not a song that would come to mind, mm-hmm. but it's totally a folk song. Yeah, it, it kind uh, of, uh, I mean, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, that is a folk song. But the first thing I think of is that's like a um, a playground song, you know. But I guess it's a play playground song, songs yeah. are folk songs, you know. They start off as folk songs. Well, it makes me think of when Lomax first met Gene Ritchie, and one of the first things she sang for him was, you know, go in and out the window, go in and out the window, go in and out the window, for we have gained this day. And that's like another song that they taught me in preschool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I know that song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, it's totally valid as a as a song. I mean, the other thing is Halpert, uh, Herbert Halpert, who were, was working for the WPA at the time, he was obsessed with children's street songs. He found them so interesting this children's culture of like inventing games and songs and all that stuff and he was the one to record sea lion woman from these two little girls and then um obviously nina simone made that song very famous so uh, i think he may have asked her just because he liked kids songs but mm-hmm. uh, they they do pop up in collections once in a while these what you would think of as you know uh children's play songs but uh totally valid as a folk song but anyway um Lena just hits it out of the park. I mean, again, that's a song everyone can sing, but man, no, not, no one can sing it like her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just has a really wonderful, wonderful voice. And uh, uh, she feels like a lost star to me. So that part of my point of these compilations is to like elevate her star status and try and put her, give her a chance. And um, I firmly believe if it, if it hadn't been me, someone would have come along in the next couple of decades found Lena and, and wanted to do get get excited about her because I think she's just magnetic as a person. And um you might have I think you might have already said this, um, but uh where should people go to uh to find these collections? What's the best place for them to go? You can get- go look up uh Death Is Not the End at Bandcamp. Uh that's death is not the end bandcamp.com. Uh and so uh Death is not the end is a label in London. They do a lot of amazing reissues, um, like stuff from around the world, but also American folk music. And uh, I've been collaborating with them pretty intensely over the last year to get some of this stuff recorded and uh, released. So um, there's some more stuff that we're we're planning together, but uh, ever since we've known it and last wisps of the old ways are uh, volumes two and one respectively. I'd, said those in reverse order that I uh, was able to hatch with, with this label. Uh, and Luke is just so cool. The guy that runs it, he's, he just has an ear for, you know, when people try and reissue old recordings, I think they often want to scrub them up real good and make them sound real like a bug pinned to a boy scout cotton or something, you know, but Luke is very, very cool with letting the recordings kind of be what they are. And, and there's not a lot of like 
post restoration going on. He's, mm-hmm. he's content to just let it, let it tell its own story and not try and sanitize it. So right. uh, I'm really, really, really blessed that I, uh, that I've, that I've hooked up with them. Death is not the end. Yeah. The, the old recording uh, or the recording uh, equ- equipment of the different eras has its own personality. So a lot of times they just rip that right out. If they go in and do, you know, too much restoration on the, on the tracks. For sure. I mean, and there's something really endearing about hearing the like, sh- 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 mm-hmm. like a, a cylinder from 1928. You're like, yeah, that's, that's like a Victorian. So, you know, a cylinder from before discs, you can just tell. And it's kind of like, that's kind of part of the, the charm, you know? And uh, just for people to know, death, death is not the end. The, uh, the label uh, on Bandcamp, they have a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting stuff. I'm looking at it now. Like it's got, um, Pirate, some pirate radio recordings, uh, mm-hmm. Jamaican doo-wop. I'm going to listen to that for sure. <laughs> yeah. They definitely run the gamut of, uh, of different, different, uh, contexts for which they put reissues. Yeah. Uh, Greek blues in America. So I'm very curious about what that's going to sound like. So this is, yeah, this is just a really cool, they have several collections here. There's yours too. Yeah. So that, yeah. Yeah, Luke is Luke is amazing. One more time, just tell people your email address or, or the uh, submission address if they want to uh, send you. Yeah, something. please. If you've got like your, your memo singing like on a voice memo, or you, your dad made some tapes of him and guitar, or like you know that your aunt knows this really old weird song and you have no idea what it is, please, please, please email me because I would like to figure out what that is. Uh, especially seeing as I'll be in Western North Carolina all summer. Uh, I would love to uh, meet and work with these people or, or you can just send me an email, send me this sound file and leave me alone, whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, that's, that's D at D E R E K P I O T R.com. And uh, I would love, love, love to hear from people. D at D E R E K P I O T R dot com. Send me what you got. I'm always interested in what people are like. Hey, yeah, I've got. And um, and I, I place an emphasis on what I call non singers. So like, you don't have to be the best singer in the world to remember a song and uh, transmit it. You know, I, I've I've taken from a lot of people that are like, oh, I can't sing. And they sure can't, <laughs> but you get the song anyway. So, uh, right, right. And that's what's worth it to me. So, all right. I want to thank uh, Derek for being on the show again. Uh, that's Derek Peter. And you can find, once again, you can find that collection at deathisnot.bandcamp.com. Look for uh, both collections, both uh, Last Wisp of the Old Ways and Ever Since We've Known It, both uh, North Carolina Mountain Singing. And make sure to go and follow Derek on his uh, social media because I'm interested to see if the uh, the radio show thing happens and uh, about future collections. And I think he will be too. I uh, really want to thank Derek for bringing this to me. Uh, very, very happy to have this on the show. One last time, don't forget to subscribe to WNC Original Music or go to wncoriginalmusic.com and listen there. And also go back and listen to the archives. All of our uh, previous shows are on the archives there. For our closing song this week, I am just happy as I can be to have returning Admiral Radio. Uh, Admiral Radio was on a full episode a couple of times, and um, they have recently recorded, uh, which is fitting with this episode, they have recorded an album of traditional songs. And so they were nice enough to send some of those my way, and we're going to play one for you right now. 
the album is called From the Vault, and the song I'm about to play is Hard Times Come Again No More. Here's Admiral Radio. Have a good week. Let us pause in last pleasures and count as many tears while we also sorrow with the poor. Christmas.